As I'm sure all of you remember, back in August, I preached about on Psalm 124. I'm sure that you know the topic, the sermon, everything that I said is written down very neatly in your journals. But this morning we return to Psalm 123 just prior to that, and we find it's another psalm of ascents. And I know this is already in your notes, but I will remind you anyway. A psalm of ascent were songs sung by the people of God as they traveled three times each year for the, for the feast that happened in Jerusalem. They were the psalms that the worshipers of God would recite as they prepared to join in a national worship of the Yahweh that had saved them from Egypt. But unlike Psalm 124, which was a hymn of praise and thanksgiving, Psalm 123 is a corporate lament where God's people came together to sing of the troubles that they had, asking for relief, asking God to redeem them from their enemies and to redeem them from their sin. What I hope that the Lord does this morning is that as we look at this psalm, we will see that this psalm reflects a true, faithful worshiper of God. Because what we can often think and experience is that corporate worship is supposed to be happy-go-lucky. We're supposed to have a big smile on our face all the times as we sing anthems of joy and we sing with gladness in our hearts. And this is a proper way to worship. But as one-third of the Psalter is filled with lament, it is also proper for us to worship in sorrow. God has taught us properly to face the realities of this life, that life is a struggle and it's difficult. And if we only sing songs with a happy face, We are lying to ourselves about the true Christian experience, and we are lying to our children. Because as Kevin Twitt, the RUF minister at Belmont, says, at some point that will come home to roost in our children's lives when they realize we're not always happy in this life. And the reality is, this life is hard. This life is difficult. And this is where this psalm lands the true faithful worshiper of God. Have mercy on us. And my hope is that the Spirit of God, by this passage, will restore our faithfulness. Because it is through God's Word that we are encouraged, strengthened, And we are assured of the great promises of the covenant that God is with us. Because he has given us his word, I want us to look at just two things today. We're going to see the example of faith. And we're going to see the expectations of the faith. The example of the faith. There's three times in these first two verses that we see the word eyes. And as we read the call to worship, Psalm 121, it says, Lift 
Lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? And yet here in this lament, it's as though the psalmist is saying, we need to gaze even higher because of the current situation that we are in. And this is not a physical look. We are not to, with our eyes, drive down the highway and just gaze up into the sky because we cannot see God. He is a spirit. He is invisible. He does not have parts. But is directing the eyes of our hearts, of our souls, to look unto God. Because He is high and lifted up. And this is only a call for God's people. For the world is blind to what God is doing. They cannot see the spiritual things around them. This is also a personal worship. For it says, to you, which takes this phrase, and I I actually like the ESV translation a little bit better here, because the NIV keeps it and it says, I lift my eyes to you. But the ESV keeps the original translation and puts this prepositional phrase in the emphatic position. It is emphasized, it is to God and God alone that we lift our eyes. And it's personal because it's to you, I. Your spouse cannot lift your eyes to God for you. Your parents cannot lift your eyes to God for you. You must choose to whom and to what you lift your eyes. For the eyes of a faithful worshiper of God looks unto God because He is faithful to His covenant promises. And this is what biblical faith looks like. The Bible tells us over and over again, it is to the Lord that we fix our eyes upon Him. If Yahweh is enthroned above the heavens, then He is in control of our salvation. He is in control of the madness in the world that's going around us. He is not grasping at strings, hoping for an outcome. Our outcome is sure because He is on the throne. What does it look like for you to lift your eyes up to the Lord? Do these first verses describe your faith? And what's great is that this passage gives us its uh, its own illustration. It says, if you look to the Lord as a servant would look to its master. Here the servant, the slave, expresses hope and complete dependence upon the one that has authority over them. It is to them that the faithful look to the Lord. This is how we are supposed to look to the Lord. Everything we have is dependent upon His good pleasure. And faithfulness is turning to Him and no one else. It is exclusive. It is personal, 
and it is exclusive. And the faithful are not waiting for orders on what to do because they know in the presence of God they are secure. The faithful don't turn away from God and say, because you have not eased my pain, I will go find it another way. The faithful turn to the Lord because they have nowhere else and they know there is nowhere else for them to go. And this shouldn't surprise us. For when God saved Israel out of Egypt, he said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no gods before me because faith is exclusive to Yahweh, the God who has redeemed us. There is nowhere else we can go. Our eyes must be fixed upon the Lord. We live in a culture here in Fayette County where it tends to be pretty simple for us to say, I fix my eyes on Jesus. It's pretty simple to come to church on Sunday morning to tithe, to sing, to pray. But do we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus on Tuesday afternoon or Friday night? When there's conflict within our families, does our faithfulness come through and we turn our eyes upon the Lord? When our children are sick or in trouble, do we turn our eyes to the Lord who is enthroned upon the heavens? This psalmist tells us to be a true, faithful worshiper of the Lord. It is upon him that we fix our eyes in him wholly, because it is only in him that we can be secure and find hope. This psalm shows us an example of faith, what true faith looks like, fixing our eyes upon the Lord. And the psalmist also shows us the expectations of faith. The expectations of the faithful people, what they will experience. The psalmist puts it plainly before us. The world will show you contempt. The world will show you scorn. Because exactly what the first two verses say. Because you are exclusively loyal to the Lord. Right now in China, Christians are losing their jobs because they won't stop going to church. And this reality is becoming more and more pertinent here in the U.S. Although we are not seeking persecution because we have faith, but we are, seeking, we are receiving persecution because we are saying we only have faith in Yahweh and there is no other way. There is no other truth. There is no other light of the world than Christ himself. And what scripture teaches us over and over again is that once we stand for faith in the Lord, we will face contempt. Anger, hatred springing forth through unrighteousness. Unrighteousness. 
There will be trials in your life if you stand in faith to the Lord. There will be tests. There will be naysayers. There will be people who make fun of you. And there will be people who set out to oppose you and humiliate you for standing for the faith of the Lord. And what does the psalmist tell us? Fix your eyes upon the Lord. I don't know what that looks like for your life. But I know when we come to church, it's when we stand next to one another. Even when we might not be experiencing persecution, we have to be mindful of those around us who are experiencing so we can point each other to fix our eyes upon the Lord. This is the true experience of the people of God. And if this is not your experience, you need to do a self-evaluation. Is my faith exclusive to the Lord? Am I exclusive to worshiping God in every area of my life? Because if you go through the Bible and see the narrative of God's people who stand up for the faith, you will see what they experience and their expectations are. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fiery furnace because they would not bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's idol. This is what they said. After they were thrown in, and the angel of the Lord said to them, they said, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter, for we will worship the Lord alone. Listen to how the New Testament speaks of those who live in the faith. Acts 5 says that they left in the presence of the council rejoicing because they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven away, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the, the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Philippians 1 for it has been granted to you for the sake of Christ that you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his name. James 1, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have the full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And Paul tells us in Romans 5, we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit and has been given to us. This is the life of a faithful worshiper of the Lord. It's not times where things are going well, that my faith is increased. It's in the times of trial where my faith produces endurance. 
and character and hope. But if you're like me, more often than not, I'm unfaithful. Because when God doesn't give me what I want, or God doesn't give me what I think I deserve, or when I think something is impossible for God to deliver on, my heart looks elsewhere wherever I can find it. Because the eyes of our heart are inclined to look downward or inward or anywhere but the Lord because of our pride and because of our sin. We must fix our eyes upon the Lord. Hebrews tells us we must fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. It is in him and him alone that we have access to this transcendent God enthroned in the heavens. It is by his power, the spirit poured upon us, that we are even able to lift our eyes to the Lord because our sin darkens our eyes and we cannot see him or turn to him without his good pleasure. It is in Jesus that we are protected and provided for. It is because of Jesus that we are not merely servants looking to its master, but we are children looking to our father. It is from him we find our help in our times of need. It is in him we find mercy. Because as a psalm tells us, The people of God are in despair. They fix their eyes upon Jesus and they ask him for mercy. And it's interesting, isn't it? Most psalms at the very end gives a glimpse of hope. Most psalms end with a triumphant praise or doxology of how great God has saved them. But Psalm 123 just makes you sit and think, Lord, have mercy upon us. And there is no answer. But the psalm from beginning to end points us to Jesus. Who is the example of faith? It's Jesus. It was Jesus who, when he was faced with trials and disgrace and was spit out and scorned, focused on the Father and said, Your will be done. It was Jesus who knew that we would be too weak to stand up to the proud. It was Jesus that knew our faith would be so weak that he came to us. It is to Jesus who fixed his eyes upon the Lord when we weren't strong enough. It is Jesus who is the faithful one. It is to him that we have hope. And it's also in Jesus that God has shown us mercy because our end is secure. Even when this life is hard, we fix our eyes upon Jesus because the day of redemption is coming. He is 
the answer to this prayer. Jesus is the answer to this psalm. And yet we still can go to the Lord and say, help us, because this life is hard. And you're lying to yourself if you don't think so. Is your faith waning? Where do you fix your eyes? Jesus is the faithful one. Are you lonely or depressed? Are you financially insecure? Are you uncertain about your future? Are you experiencing broken relationships? Fix your eyes upon Jesus. Because what the faithful people of God know is true is that He is the faithful one. And He will not leave us to ourselves, but He has redeemed us. Because when we were in the biggest time of need, Jesus came to us and died upon the cross because we were unfaithful, but he was the faithful one. Jesus told his disciples in Luke 9, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Faithful people of God, fix your eyes upon Jesus. For it is in him that we have faith. Amen.